Welcome to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. This is a show about pushing through obstacles and hard times in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I'm your host, Ted Fayton, and it's a pleasure to have you joining us. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's grow. What's going on, guys? Thanks so much for joining us for yet another episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. Thank you for supporting this podcast with your time. And as always, shout out to our executive producer, Andre Suttles with Subtle Solution Media for helping to make this podcast possible. This is a great one for you, and I'm excited to introduce my good friend now from across the pond. We have mental and emotional wellness coach, Gloria Bettini, on the call. How are you doing today, Gloria? I am very good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited too. And I appreciate you taking the time to share your story with us and some of your expertise and even more so share your experience with us because I know it's a very vulnerable place to be. But before we jump into the subject matter of today, I'd love to give you an opportunity and the audience an opportunity to get acquainted, let you introduce yourself, tell them who you are and where you're from and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Italian. And uh, I have lived in the UK, in London precisely, for the past 11 years. And uh, I was in a toxic, abusive relationship for 15 years of my life, almost 15, 14 and a half of my life. And uh, I have made it out. And I decided that, you know, I worked in events actually for about 10 years but then I decided, you know what? Uh-uh, no, my mission is something different. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. My mission isn't to organize events and weddings and stuff like that, but it's actually to help other people come out of this horrible, horrible experience that is um, narcissistic abuse and toxic relationships. So this is what I do now. So it was such a huge transformation for me that I said, I literally noticed like the way that I was putting myself out there was completely different. And I said, if I could multiply this for as many people as possible, that's a collective transformation that is really, really powerful. So here I am. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, I do appreciate you having that transition and going into that journey because there's a level of vulnerability that comes with it, but your experience is able to tap into something that so many people are going through. And quite frankly, unfortunately, something that someone listening or watching right now might be going through themselves. So this is a very important topic to touch on. And I appreciate your transparency through it. And one thing you mentioned with 14 and a half years, and we discussed before, a lot of times these relationships aren't seen on your way in, or it's not as blatant as some people might think, because there's a lot of people out there who might think, okay, how can you fall into this or something like that? But a lot of this kind of happens slowly under the radar and it doesn't happen until one moment you realize it. I guess, talk about some of the things that might be misleading in a relationship that might lean somebody in towards that narcissistic abuse or an abusive, emotional abusive relationship and they don't know it. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the first thing, if you are just starting to date someone, this is one of the first thing that you can notice. One of the first red flags is the love bombing. Now, everybody is 
super, you know, in love and enthusiastic at the beginning of a relationship. And that is not what love bombing is. It's different. Love bombing, it literally goes over the top. It's when the person idolizes you, when they make you feel after two weeks that they've met, you know, the love of their life and I want to marry you and you don't even know each other, right? So when everything moves a little bit too fast and you're showered with, you know, gifts, very often expensive gifts, all these words that are big, big words like, you know, love, future, you know, marriage. What do they say as well? Soulmates. This is another, you know, all these kind of words, you know, experience has taught me that you grow into a relationship, you know, and, and of course there's love at first sight. I don't doubt that, but always remember that I'm sure that if you check in with yourself and if it doesn't feel natural, then it most probably isn't. So always remember to check in with yourself and see how that makes you feel. Because if there is a question mark somewhere, then follow that question mark. So this is one of the very, very early ones that you can find when you are just starting to date someone. If you have been in a relationship for a while and you wonder whether that's a toxic relationship or not, or whether you're going through emotional abuse or not. My question to you is, have you ever questioned your own sanity? Has the person that you're with ever made you feel that there is something wrong with you? There is, you know, that you are seeing things differently from how they are seeing it. You know, have they ever said, oh, but you're just saying that because you're too dramatic or you're just doing this because that's just your anxiety. Just uh, That's just how you operate. And they never, ever actually take responsibility for anything that you bring up. You know, you and I are having this conversation now and you might think, well, of course they're going to notice. Of course, if somebody makes you feel like that, you're going to notice. Not when you are, it's not that obvious when you are inside of the cycle. It is really not that obvious because remember that it comes from days and sometimes years of conditioning of them telling you this every single day and you end up then actually believing it. So if you are asking yourself, am I going crazy? Then yes, that's another red flag that something might be happening that is wrong in the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Now let's say someone kind of is going through this process and they realize, okay, this isn't healthy. This isn't a healthy relationship to be in. I shouldn't be in this relationship. And there are probably, you know, unfortunately still someone in a relationship who thinks and knows that, you know, maybe this isn't healthy yet. They just have a hard time walking away. What is it that keeps them there? What is it that keeps them in that situation, keeps them locked in? And, you know, how can we muster up some of the courage, some of the practices and habits to slowly pull ourselves out? Yeah. So what keeps them in is the manipulation. So what the narcissist does, what the toxic person does is day in, day out, conditioning your brain and manipulating you into thinking a certain way to thinking that the certain way that you're thinking is that you can't make it without them, right? That they have saved you or that they are giving you something that alone you could never possibly imagine achieving, right? Now, remember that there's no other half 
in the world. You are born as a whole, right? You're not supposed to find the other half. You're not half of anything. You are whole, okay? As you are, and you were made perfect the way that you are. You don't need anything else to survive other than who you are and what you already have. So if the person that you're with is making you feel like if you don't have them, you are not able to cope, then that's another signal. And that's exactly the way they want you to feel because they are keeping control over you. And that's exactly what happens, right? So they want to keep the control over you. It's a question of power for them. So they want to keep this power and keep this control. So what keeps you there is this conditioning. So the brain learns by repetition. So imagine the brain as just going to the gym, for example, what happens if you want abs, if you want a six pack and you go to the gym every single day for three months and you just focus on your abs, the chances are that after the 90 days, you're going to get a six pack, right? Because the muscle remembers and remembers and remembers and keeps forming. And it is the same thing with your brain. It learns by repetition. So the more you are with a person that makes you feel that there is something wrong with you, the more you're going to think that there's something wrong with you. Mm. right because it's Mm. like the words that they use like for example what I was saying earlier like dismissing you you know saying oh it's just you it's just your anxiety it's just this it's just that your feelings are not valid in that way so by repetition but the conditioning makes you stay there because you're like oh of course I have anxiety I am dramatic I cannot possibly make it without this person right so that what keeps you there Now, if you come to the realization that this is happening to you, take time. So if the best, I mean, if you want to go cold turkey and just leave, if you feel like you can do that, because I always say safety first. So if you feel like you can just leave and you can do that, please go ahead and do it because you want to get this person out of your life as soon as possible because they've already conditioned you so much. Right. But there are sometimes some instances where it might not feel safe to actually leave the relationship because of the reaction that they might have. And another actually red flag that you might be in a toxic relationship is the fact that you have to keep walking on eggshells, not to disturb them, not to cause any scene. Right. So if you all of a sudden come up and say, I'm leaving you, they're going to lose it. Right. So you don't want to awaken. you know, the monster. You definitely don't want to do that. So safety first. And if you have to fake it to protect yourself and prepare yourself to leave, then do that because that is absolutely fine. And as I said, safety first. So how do you prepare yourself to leave? Well, you prepare yourself physically in terms of getting things organized, making sure that you have somewhere to go, making sure that the person is not going to be able to contact you there, making sure that whoever you are telling that you're doing this is in no way in contact with the toxic person because they will get other people, they will use other people to get to you, right? And then second thing is mental and emotional preparation. So cut out time of your day just to reconnect with yourself, because what you need is to tap into your confidence and is to make sure that you know that you can do it. And by reconnecting 
with yourself, even if it's for 10 minutes a day, I promise you, if you start with 10 minutes a day, then you're just going to want more. (laughs) And you're going to want to make it half an hour because you're enjoying it so much. So make sure you connect a little bit with yourself. And when you feel more confident, read about it, you know, read about it, perhaps do something that used to make you really happy when you were young. You know, if you liked drawing or if you liked a particular sport or something like that. So do something that really reconnects you with you. And that's going to build up your confidence. That's going to build up your, that's going to allow your authentic self that it's been shut down so much for so long. Mm-hmm. It's going to allow it to resurface. And that's what's going to give you confidence because at the moment it's shut down by the version of you that the toxic person wants. So yeah, the yeah. more authentic you comes up, the better it is because it's going to give you strength to actually move on and leave. Yeah. Now I've found, you know, whether it be in sports or in any type of coaching, you know, there's a connection between the coaches who've once played, who've once been on the field. Mm-hmm. How has your personal experience helped bridge the gap for the people you serve? And how does that connection, I guess, resonate through your coaching? What kind of transparency and what kind of, I guess, camaraderie do the people at the the women you work with get to see when when you share your story? Yeah, absolutely. So I didn't realize what I was going through until I was out of it. Mm. So when I realized that I was being gaslighted, I was being emotionally abused, I was going through narcissistic abuse, I had already done half of my healing. If you know, yeah. if you want to say it like this. So I was already out of the relationship and I had already overcome a lot of things, but that brought so much clarity to be able to give that a name. And now that I am helping other people do this, this allows me to spot what was missing for me. So, you know, I went through it as somebody who didn't know what was happening, but now I'm saying, no, 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 look. I'm out of it now. So what is happening to you that this is what it is. You know, this is how we get to overcome this obstacle, whatever obstacle is coming up in their journey. But I am able to look back from somebody that has already healed and gone through it and say, that's what was missing from me. This is going to help you for sure. So for example, I've created for me was I was very lonely. I mean, I was working with my own coach, but it was a very lonely, isolating process. And I didn't feel like I could talk to anybody. And if I had somebody with me at the time that told me, this is what you're going through, this is gaslighting, this is what is happening, I think it would have speed up the process so much. And uh, I would have had much clarity straight away. So what I'm doing now, I've created this membership where women actually heal together so that they don't have to go through that. Of course, you know, I work individually as well, but the membership is just a beautiful community for them to be able to, you know, when you're going through that, you don't really feel like you can talk to anyone because you feel shame, you feel judgment. And you feel like, you know, if you say, oh, I really want to message the person now, you know, I I really want to message him. I really want to see what he's doing. Why do I feel this way? You know, if you talk to 
your friends who've never experienced this, they're like, what are you doing? Why are you crazy? Just get them out of your, you know. But if you are surrounded by other people, they're like, no, I get it. We're here for you. You know, we get it. You're not crazy. Everything is fine. We're here. Let's just hold the space for each other and just go through this together. And it's really beautiful. So beautiful to witness such bond, you know, between those women. It's it's amazing. Yeah. I, I can imagine that that support and really that reassurance can mean so much. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the term a couple of times, gaslighting, and yes. that's a relatively new term for me. And just for anyone who might be listening and they're not exactly sure what gaslighting is, not sure what it looks like, help clear that up for us. And maybe we might be able to identify that happening in our relationships too. Yeah, absolutely. So gaslighting is exactly what I was uh, saying at the beginning. So if you question your own sanity, so it's a technique that the narcissist uses to confuse you. And to make you, well, basically lose your point, right? So they make you think that where you're coming from is actually not true, that your feelings are not valid. So they use this in the jargon is called the narcissistic word salad, right? So they, they just take you and flip it around for you so much that you get to the end of the conversation. You're like, hmm, yeah, maybe you are right. Maybe I am doing this and you are completely devaluing your own feelings you know so it's when they flip it around for you and they make you think that you are either inventing it or that your emotions are, are not valid or that it comes from you because you already have usually they use a vulnerability so for example what I've experienced I was going through anxiety and OCD when I was in that relationship and for me every time I wanted to voice something that was that I wasn't happy with within the relationship, it always came back to me being anxious and me having OCD. Oh, but you're just saying this because it's your anxiety talking, you know, or it's it's your OCD is driving you crazy. Can you not see, you know, it's yeah. using your vulnerability against you. So that's what exactly what the gaslighting is, is when they make you think that you're crazy and that what you're saying is not true and they convince you of it. Yeah. Well, very, very dangerous to be in that situation because you mentioned prolonged time, that conditioning starts just really kind of chipping away. So let's talk about the recovery afterwards. You're able to, you mentioned if someone can leave, they leave safety first. If they slowly part ways, that's a way to approach it as well. But here we are, we've gotten away from the relationship but the scars of the abuse still linger. How does the healing process begin and, and what does that look like? Yeah. So the healing process, first of all, begins when you become aware of it. Mm-hmm. So when you have that awareness, that's it. You are aware that something is wrong. So you're automatically starting to heal yourself because you are learning about what it is and you are not trying not to fall for the things that you would fall for before right so that's already like stopping what is happening is already one step of the healing journey right and then there's a lot involved in terms of sorry so what we said at the beginning is that the abusive cycle of the narcissist of the toxic person is this repetition right so is what it teaches to your brain so the healing process is about reprogramming 
the brain into thinking what you want it to think. Mm. So to gain back your mind, your identity, because a lot of people experience a complete loss of identity. I have worked with women that literally would say to me, Gloria, I'm standing in a shop and I don't know what to buy because I don't know what I like. Yeah. You know, because they've been with somebody that, you know, perhaps told them what they wanted them to wear or criticized what they liked. You know, I remember I wanted for ages to buy myself. This is silly, but I wanted to buy myself Converse All Stars mm-hmm. shoes. And I was always criticized for it. No, they are, you know, horrible. And but that was part of me, like, you know, and this is like ridiculous things like that. Do you have a um, pair of Converse in your closet now? Of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah, I do. Yes. <laughs> and Dr. Martins too, I must say. So, <laughs> yes. But you see, it's like, this is so, it's so strange when you experience it, because now that we're talking about it, if, if my current boyfriend said to me, oh, you're not getting yourself Converse, I would be like, That's the door. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I am not having this now. But before, because I was going through so much conditioning and manipulation, I would have been like, oh, maybe you're right. Maybe they're not that great. You know, maybe they're not for me. So it's always about how they flip it around for you. So, yeah, sorry. So the reprogramming the brain to actually think what you want instead is what the whole healing journey is about. There is a lot of it that involves as well going back to your either creating the identity that you want now, so the the person that you want to be, or going back to the person that you were before. So if you remember who that person was, and if you had the chance to have built your identity before, Mm -hmm. then that's amazing. And you can go back to that. I am saying this because a lot of people like me started those relationships when we were really young. And I was 18 when I started dating this person. So when when you're 18, you are figuring everything out. So I never had the chance to actually create that identity for myself, the adult identity, the woman that I wanted to be, right? So when I got out of the relationship, I was like, whoa, what am I going to do now? You know, it's a completely different world that I'm finding out there. But there are people that get into those relationships when they are already well into their 20s or early 30s. And so they had an identity before, but then it's completely being confused and crushed by this person, by this experience. And then when they come out, then they want to reconnect to that person, to the identity that they're missing. So there's a lot of this kind of work involved and it's really beautiful, I must say. And I know that I really want to say something here because I speak to so many coaches and so many, obviously, you know, so many people who do this kind of work and they always say, oh, the healing journey is so tough. Can I just say it is going to be tough, but what you get at the end, it's not even comparable. It doesn't match any difficulty, any toughness of anything, like getting yourself back. There is nothing like there's no bad thing that can be too bad for that, like zero. It just doesn't happen, you know? Mm -hmm. So I really would like to say something positive about starting this kind of journey because I do believe that a lot of people are like, oh, but if it's so tough, if it's so horrible to go through something like this, then I might say where I am. Don't. 
No, it is not horrible. There might be tough moments and things might surprise you a little bit, but what you get, it's not even freaking comparable to yeah. anything. <laughs> <laughs> Worth the journey yeah. for sure, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please, yes. Uh, really quick, before we talk about what it looks like at the end of that healing process, you, mm-hmm. you mentioned about you know some of the, a lot of these relationships happening when we're young, and that begs the question of you know what can we maybe teach our kids? What can we teach the younger generation early on to maybe prevent them from falling into a relationship like this or falling under the whims of a narcissist who continues to slowly condition? Are there things we could probably instill in our kids to help them prepare for such a thing? I only have one answer to this and is work on yourself. Mm. Because in order for this not to happen to the next person, you have to break the cycle, mm. right? So I have gone through that because I was raised in a certain way, because my parents were raised in a certain way, and because my grandparents were raised in a certain way. So nobody ever broke the cycle before me, right? But I've worked on myself, I healed, so I hope, I don't know if I want to have kids or not in future, I should decide soon, actually, but... (laughs) But we're not at that question yet, but... (laughs) I'm hoping that, you know, I've done the work. So surely they are not going to experience that because I broke the cycle. So the only answer that I have to that question is break the cycle. If you want your kids not to either fall in the arm of a narcissist or become narcissists themselves, then break the cycle and do the work. Lead by example. There is only one way. So we get our belief system, our values, you know, between the age of zero and 14 years old. Mm -hmm. When these kids are in the families, when they are at school, when they see their parents as their role models. So lead by example, show them how you want them to be treated. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. You know, show them what you want to have them, what you want them to have in their life, show them for yourself first. And it's so important. I see so, so many women saying, I have to stay in this relationship because otherwise, you know, my kids won't have a mom or won't won't have a dad. Anyway, if you stay in the toxic relationship, they are not going to have a dad and they're not going to have a mom anyway. So take them out, show them that you put yourself first and they will be able to put themselves first. Oh, Boy, that's amazing. That's amazing. That makes yeah. so much sense. Yes. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> um, paint the picture for our listeners, you know, what the life looks like, you know, through and after healing, what life looks like, some of the things you've been able to enjoy afterwards mm-hmm. and really kind of encouraging folks, like you mentioned, yeah, the journey and the healing journey might have its difficult parts, but it's so worth it. And I'd love for some of that to shine through here as we start wrapping up the episode. Yeah, sure. For me, it was getting rid of the shame and getting rid of the guilt. Mm -hmm. I am able to say either yes or no without guilt, you know, Mm -hmm. and mind you, our society is built on guilt. (laughs) A lot of our society is built on shame and guilt. So being able to operate without those feelings in my life, it's 
amazing. It's just getting that weight off. I feel, you know, so, so, so much lighter. And then after that comes the next level. And the next level is the love and appreciation for yourself. And is understanding what I just said about setting the example, about leading by example, is understanding that if I want to help, even if I don't have kids now, but if I want to help my clients and I don't love myself first, that's not going to happen, is it? If I don't put myself first, it's not going to happen. So understanding that, that love for yourself, that's what's going to grow more and more and more. And then it's freaking fun. It's fun. (laughs) It's honestly fun. Like you get to experiment with wearing what you want, doing what you want with your hair, just, just the fun things, you know, going and eating whatever you like, when you like on your terms, like ultimate freedom, life on your terms. It's just so, yeah, so beautiful. And also, you know, feeling enough, feeling enough, you know, understanding that for me, the biggest, one of the biggest, biggest, biggest realizations for me was saying, like realizing inside and being able to say it out loud, like, I love you, but I am able to function. Yeah. Like a relationship is the added value of life. It's not completing each other, but it's just saying, actually, I really freaking love you for who you are. Mm -hmm. And I am so happy to have you in my life. So I function, but I'm here because I want to be here because I enjoy your company and your presence so much that I want to be here. But I know that if you leave tomorrow, I'll be okay. I can do it. I can make it. It will hurt, but I'll be okay. Yeah, it'll hurt. Of course, it'll hurt. Of course it will. But everything you need is right where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Last question. And this one is for, you know, maybe someone's going through the journey right now. Maybe somebody Mm -hmm. is working on their healing. They've gotten the awareness and they're not sure how to go about it or they're starting to go about it. And maybe they're doing alone. Maybe they're working with a coach, but maybe they might just need some words of encouragement or wisdom right now. What would you tell them? Follow that voice. You have a voice and you have it. Everybody does but we shut it down because we don't want to hear it. So follow that, follow that. Whatever it's telling you that, you know, the relationship isn't right, that that thing doesn't sound healthy, that that is your true self trying to be like, hey, I'm trying to like get out of this room, you know, I'm trying to make myself heard. So that, so follow that voice and also understand that this is so much bigger than you. You know, just the fact that you and I are having this conversation right now and I'm in London and you are over in the US. Somebody who is in Australia might hear this, you know, and might say, oh, actually, that made me think I have a friend who's going through that now. Let me just share the episode. And that person, even if you and I don't know them, might decide to do something about it. And we have just changed somebody's life. Yeah. That is as simple as that, literally. And so understand that the work that you are going to do, it is so much bigger than you because it could just influence anyone and you don't even know it. So much bigger. 
Thank you, thank you so much for that. And that exact scenario of what you explained, we have listeners in Australia, we have listeners in the UK, we have listeners in France. And if there's anyone that's hearing our voices right now, whether you know us or not, if this is impacting you in a positive way, it's, it's really the reason why we do this. So I think, Gloria, you hit the nail on the head. You know, this is this is bigger than you. This is something that me and you are having this conversation because we are hoping that someone that needs this right now can hear it if they are doing it alone and they need coaching, they need backup. I'd love to make sure that they have the ability to get into contact with you, reach out, get some resources too on how they can find immediate help. How can folks do that? Absolutely. I hang out a lot on Instagram and uh, I honestly, I love, 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 love talking to people. You can tell I'm a talk. (laughs) I talk a lot. So I really, I really enjoy that. So please honestly feel free if you come across my profile or, or come over. It's at Gloria Battini and just send me a message. Even if you just have a question, even if you're not sure and you just want to double check something, if you have that voice that says, oh, was that gaslighting or was that love bombing? That thing wasn't really convincing. Just ask. It's okay. You know, I'm there to answer questions. I'm there to help. I also have a free thing that you can download is how to get over a narcissist for good, which is literally got a list of the red flags, a list of what you can do to leave, a list of, you know, all the things that you can do to heal, all these kind of stuff. So that is there if you don't feel like talking. But if you do feel like talking, just honestly, just message me. That's what I literally my mission. I'm not even kidding. Like It's what I'm here for. Like my call, that's it. (laughs) Yes, message me. I appreciate your mission and wholeheartedly putting wind in your sails and backing you up with it. I'll have those links in the show notes. I'll have your IG and folks to get that resource as well. And hopefully they, they do reach out. And I appreciate you being so accessible to folks. Gloria, this has been very helpful, very amazing. And I really hope someone can resonate with this and, and get some help if they need it or someone who might be on the opposite end and just being 100% real and 100% honest. Some people might be the narcissist listening to this and they might understand they need to change their ways. They need to understand the weight of what they're doing to other people. And hopefully this can change their perspective as well. Yeah, absolutely. That is so true what you just said. And so interesting because I just did an Instagram live with a 23-year-old singer-songwriter who realized that he wrote a whole album about the fact that he realized he was being the toxic one. And he, yeah. And it takes guts to do that at 23. So (laughs) You know, and I was like, you need to come and have a conversation with me online because I need people to see that there is hope that people can actually realize that what they're doing is not healthy. So please, if you are listening to this and you you think that your behavior might not be the healthiest, again, feel free to reach out or reach out to somebody that you're, you know, near you that can help you or that can talk it through. But I'm there for that, too, if you want. So, Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, Gloria, thank you. I'm going to run down some of the uh, some of the gems you left us along the way before we close things out, because I really want to make sure that our listeners got this. First and foremost, I love when Gloria said you are whole. You were born whole. You don't need anything else. Everything you need, you already have within you. And I'm going to fast forward to something she said later on, which I had to write down with relationship is an added value 
of life. So many of us put so much weight on it as if we need a relationship to survive, but that's an accentuation of who you are already. Two holes come together, not a half and a half. Love bombing, something to watch out for early on in a relationship. You're the one, we're gonna get married, we're talking about the future. If those conversations are coming in early on, Pump the brakes a little bit. I'm not saying don't don't go through the relationship, but you want to maybe analyze exactly some of the fundamental foundations you're building in the relationships, not just jumping through these rose-colored glasses into a reality or a constructed reality that might not be there. So you just want to take that nice and slow and also be aware of gaslighting, gaslighting, something to watch out for that continued conditioning because it is so detrimental where the awareness starts the healing, where we on the outside can look at a forest, but someone among the trees might not understand the situation that they're in. So realize the conditioning it takes to get in there and also the conditioning it takes to get out. And maybe if you have the ability to help someone through that process. Because as Gloria mentioned, how lonely it can be going through that process without someone who might not fully understand. And having a community, like Gloria mentioned, she has a group, a membership where these women can come together with their experiences, support each other, reassure each other, and help build each other's confidence, which is so important when going through that recovery process. And if you know someone who might need need a helping hand, who might need some encouragement, please don't hesitate to either reach out or put them in contact with Gloria or the resources that she's been providing for you you to grow and to honestly experience the life that I know each and every single one of you listening or watching deserves to have. And I want that for you. And that's why we talk about no rain, no rainbows, living the life we want to live. Gloria, one more time. Thank you so much. Thank you. This has been such a pleasure. You're a great host. Thank you so, 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 so much. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And if ever I'm in your neck of the woods, I'm going to reach out and see how you're doing. If we can meet at the spa and and have a self-care day. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, thank you so much to the listeners for making it to the end with us. We appreciate you taking the time. If you enjoyed this episode or you know someone who will get value from it, please give it a share. Hit that like button. Give us a like. Hit that subscribe if you want to catch new episodes each and every single week and leave a rating so we know how we can get better. The only way we can improve is if you let us know where we can improve and what we're doing wrong. And if you love the episode so much or you love the podcast so much, we do have a Patreon page where you can support monetarily for as little as $1 a month. You can get extra audio from some of our guests, some value and some behind the scenes pictures as well. We share that on our Patreon page every month. So we would love to have your support there as well. As we say at the end of the episode, guys, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's grow.